Tiari. And I'm Allie. Welcome to Mystery, Crime, and Wine. Where we talk about all things mystery, crime, all while drinking wine. Cheers. Hi guys. Hello. Welcome back. <coughs> oh my god, excuse me. You're good. Hey, we're, we're here. Tis the season of sniffles. For sure. Not everything is COVID. <laughs> Facts. Um, so we are back with a big episode, I guess you could say. Tiari's been working on this for a hot fucking minute. For a month. I just wanted to be sure that I had everything. I listened to other podcasts and got information. I watched the documentary so many times that I could probably, um, play it in my mind. In my Recite it word <laughs> for word. Oh, I guess we should tell them what case we're doing, huh? Figure it out on your so. own. Um, today we're going to cover the, the death of Lacey Peterson, and um, if you guys don't know who that is, um, where have you been? Um, <laughs> most people know the Lacey Peterson case. Um, it is said to be that her husband killed her, Scott Peterson. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm excited. Um, but the documentary is The Murder of Lacey Peterson and it's on Hulu it's on Discovery Plus I don't think it's on Netflix though so I mean but Abducted in Plain Sight is on Netflix and I think we should be talking about that because I love that documentary I and I mean love the documentary as in like I find it very fascinating I don't like love the story you know? okay I <laughs> can we okay so before we start the Lacey Peterson so I watched that when it first came out and can I tell you how stupid the 70s was that right there that documentary tells you how stupid the 70s was so dumb. so if you guys have never seen that um, go watch it. It's insane. And be in disbelief as I was. That it is that it happened. That I don't even how did you let that happen? How as parents did they how as parents did they let that happen? Honestly, I'm not even a parent and I was like, I would never. So I'm so excited. Maybe we should do that sometime very soon. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the next episode. T love that. Because it's insane. It's bonkers.com. <clears throat> Anywho. So, Lacey Peterson. Yes, we will be covering Lacey Peterson. And let's, I'll put it out there, um, me and Allie are very weird people. And when we laugh, we're not laughing because of, oh yeah, like, the bad things that happen it's to these individuals. It's not funny, I just, like, can't believe it happened. That, and, like, I, I, don't know how to cope. I have dark humor. Yeah, that too. Like, I just, <laughs> uh, dark humor and, and really bad situations, I tend to laugh. And it's not because it's funny. It's literally because I don't know how, how to else? process it. Yeah, like, I just, like, uh, <laughs> I just don't know. Um. So, yeah, I'm going to start kind of from the beginning. I'll tell you a little bit about Lacey, and then I'll tell you about how her and Scott met. And then basically leading up until she goes missing. Um. Air quotes. Missing. Okay. All right, so Lacey and Scott's backstory. So a little bit about Lacey. She was born Lacey um, Denise Rocha. Her birthday is May 4th, 1975. Her parents are Sharon um, and Dennis. I just almost said Denise. And Dennis Rocha. Um, I think that's how you pronounce 
their name? They owned a dairy farm in Escalon, California. I think that's how you say that. Also, do not comment at me for not knowing these fragging things. Um, <laughs> like the names. Uh, Lacey worked on the farm, obviously, like most kids would. Um, she obviously went to school also. Um, but she loved working on the farm and she loved gardening. And that's where she fell in love, actually, with plant life. Um, which became very prevalent in her life later on. So Lacey had an older brother named Brent. Um, he was like a few years older than her, like two or three. Um, unfortunately, her parents did divorce when she was super young. She was like, I think um, it was like, she was like two or three years old. Um, so her mom decided to move from Escalon to Modesto, California. Um, sorry, I say um a lot. Sharon ended up remarrying a man named uh, Ron Gransky, and he raised Lacey and Brent. Like, her dad was still involved, but, like, that was who Lacey knew as her dad, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So, after she graduated from high school, she went to school at um, California Polytechnic State University, um, where she ended up studying horticulture. Very Plants. Nice. <laughs> Could never be me. So, Lacey and Scott met through a mutual friend um, that Scott worked with, actually. So, Lacey, Lacey actually made the first move. So. We love a powerful woman. Yes. Probably why she died. Oh. Someone felt threatened by her powerful wisdom I mean, Tivo. Um, so, she gave Scott her number, and it was like, it just kind of snowballed from there they started dating shortly after um Lacey had a uh took a job close by while scott finished while her and scott finished school um at cpsu so was he also studying plants he was not i didn't really look into his background because he's trash yeah that <clears throat> he's probably studying how to be trash i mean same after they oh so i just want to throw this in here um it is stated that during the time that um scott and lacy were dating he was cheating on her also like during that time so um if you're familiar with this case at all you know that that's like a big part of the investigation yeah is him um being a trash bag literally a dollar store on clearance 14 cent trash bag so, um, yeah, but Lacey loved him, and shortly after they graduated from college, they, um, got married. Yeah. He said, full send, I'm marrying this man today. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah, after she finished school, the two got married, and they ended up opening a sports bar together called The Shack. Um. Fun. Which they eventually decided to sell. The bar was super successful, but they decided together that they wanted to move near Lacey's family because they wanted to start their own family. Oh, um, and as a mom, like me as a mom, I want to be close to my mom to help me with right. those kinds of things. That's just the kind of, I don't know, what you want. You that know. makes sense. I mean. Um, so she moved, or they moved near her family in Modesto. Um, she worked as a substitute teacher and Scott worked um at Trade Corp USA. Um he made about five to six K a month. 
Um, Lacey's family um, notes that, like, she loved, loved being a wife, and she strived to be, like, the perfect wife. Like, she enjoyed cooking, cleaning, entertaining friends and family in their home. Cannot relate. I would enjoy all that except the cooking. I... If I have a nice-ass kitchen, I'll cook whatever. I cannot relate. I feel so bad for my husband. And if you guys know me personally, you guys know that I don't. I do not cook. Billy, I don't cook you shit. I mean, I do, but, like, I just, I... He knew when we started dating and even before we got married, like, that's just not a... Uh, I do not cook. I don't. She was a regular old... Ooh, I shouldn't even say She's this. She's the definition of a trophy wife. I think is what she no, sounds like. No, trophy wife is like Mary's old man. But like she's eh, true. She's like a Martha Stewart. She's uh, the cookie cutter wife. Ah. She's the suburban house mom. Nothing wrong with that. More if you want to do that, go right ahead. I mean, I clean and I cook because I have kids, so I don't really have a choice. But like, right. I still have a grandma and my mom, and I'd be at my mom's house all the time eating. Like I'm ready for that dinner. Literally. And then we'll have to go home and cook my husband dinner. <laughs> Bring leftovers. Because he's um, very picky. Um, <laughs> so yeah, she very much loved to do that kind of thing. And I love that. Um, in 2002, Lacey shared the news that she was pregnant and was due in early February with, her fir- with their first baby. Um, so this now brings us to November of... 2002. So Lacey would be about seven to seven and a half months pregnant. Mm -hmm. And her amazing husband that he is had met and started his second affair with Amber Fry. Fray? Fry. Um, no, this is not who Scott cheated with prior to their marriage. He had cheated with various other women prior to them getting married. Lacey knew that Scott would step out on her and be like but still married him so i mean i don't know take that with a grain of salt Mm-mm. i could never yes i could never be me so this brings us to Lacey's disappearance um all right so we're in december of 2002 god how old was i i don't know when did the towers crash 2001 i was oh yeah I was seven. We talked about this. When we first recorded it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This is our... Yeah, guys. This is our second time recording this. Because the first time, every noise you could possibly manage to think of... Existed. Besides my child running around like he was in the last episode. (laughs) Yeah, we had a different child here. We... we, Yeah, we... (laughs) And Olive. And Olive. She's not wearing her collar. Um, And is sleeping. So, yeah. I was in fourth grade, I think, fourth mm-hmm. or fifth grade in 2001. So you have been like nine or ten? I think I was ten. Ten. So I would have been eleven. Okay. Yeah. Youngsters. Who? Or whatever. <laughs> whatever. So Lacey was last seen by her husband um, on Christmas Eve of 2002, so December 24th. Um, when he was leaving the house to go fishing at 9.30 in the morning. Um, but okay. Um, I digress. That's really stupid to me to go fishing at 9.30 in the morning on Christmas Eve. When Here's you... the thing about fishing at 9.30 in the morning. My dad goes fishing. 
And For I was sure. like an avid fisher. But on Christmas Eve? Not even. Like, he goes ice fishing. But you know when he, what time he leaves to go ice fishing? Like 6 a.m. Like, yeah, like 4 a.m., like before the fucking sun is up. Right, because that's when the fish are the most ready. active. And he's normally done ice fishing by like 10. Because they don't. I mean, it's California, though, so. I still feel like than... the sun, though, makes a difference. Who knows? He's probably going to cheat. Honestly, That's honestly what I think. Same. But, okay. He said I'm going to make a pit stop real fast. We digress. Again. Um, uh, Lacey was watching TV. Um, she was watching, like, a TV show where Martha Stewart was on. And Martha Stewart was preparing, um, like, lemon meringue cookies or something. And that becomes a big thing throughout this case. Like, if you go and pull up, like, uh, the court transcript transcripts <laughs> um that's like in there a lot like it's just kind of like okay we get it probably because it's like a solid piece of evidence it is and it is noted that uh, whatever show she was watching like she did make lemon meringue cookies <laughs> she said i'm following this recipe thank you martha stewart. so she i think she idolized martha stewart and that's maybe why she wanted to be like that cookie cutter wife cookie cutter housewife which yeah that makes sense for sure um, she was, had just got done mopping the floor or was getting ready to mop the floor. Um, and she had plans to walk their family dog named Mackenzie, um, who also goes by Kenzie, obviously. Mm-hmm. Most Mackenzies go by Kenzie. Right. Because I have a sister named Mackenzie. She goes by Kenzie? <clears throat> yep. Um, it's reported that a neighbor ended up finding the Peterson's dog alone outside the house at 10.30 that morning. So Scott was gone, obviously. Fishing. And fishing. <laughs> it was about 10.30 in the morning, and this neighbor saw that Mackenzie was out of the yard, and so just put her back in their yard. Um, but the dog's, co- uh, not collar, leash was still on her, which is odd, right? Yeah. Because, like, if the dog gets out of the yard... Why, why would it, why would it have a leash on? Mm-hmm. So, another neighbor says that, I like, I have reported that at, like, 1045, he saw Mackenzie while he was playing catch with his dog in his yard. So, it's not, it's, there's no, like, notation, though, of, like, if he saw her in the backyard or if she was in the front yard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Also, Lacey's car was, like, still in the driveway. Her purse keys were still in the house. This then brings us back to Scott leaving. You know, I just wanted to give you guys, like, mm-hmm. what was, whatever that was. Um, so he goes to the warehouse where his boat and whatnot is at to launch out. And it's the Berkeley Marina, which this marina, marina, marina? Marina. Marina. Um, the marina was like 90 miles from their house. So, 90 miles, that's like an hour. Yeah, roughly. Yeah. Unless you're like going through like heavy traffic. <clears throat> right, because Milwaukee is about 103 miles or right from I here. Think so, yeah. So, roughly. yeah, you're basically going to Milwaukee. So, he's going an hour away to where his boat is at. Um, he states that when he arrived at the warehouse, he goes into the office that he had there, and for a good 10 to 15 minutes, he was checking emails before he would, he went out into the water. 
So, um, which he could. I don't know. We don't know. The only people that know what happened are Lacey and who killed her, mm-hmm. which is from what they find to be Scott. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't have an opinion on it yet. <laughs> um, I do want to put out there, like, Scott's boat was only 14 feet long, and it was like, it was like your average fishing boat. So, Tiny. yeah, it's not like this big, huge, like, yacht or something like that. So, I want um, people to take that into mind. So, he um, says he did the checking of his emails before he went out onto the water, right? And then he goes out, launches out into the water. Um, so, if he left the house at 9.30, he got there probably about 10.30. And checked email so it was probably about quarter to 11 i just can't believe he went out fishing so late i just can't <laughs> well my thing is i can't believe you went fishing on christmas eve and your wife was at home and also she's like pregnant and like i feel like on christmas eve i have too much stuff to do to yeah. get ready to worry about fishing mm-hmm. but i don't i don't know i guess that's the california lifestyle so, it just feels so late. Like, he didn't get fishing until, like, noon. Right. So, he was out on the water for about an hour and a half to maybe two hours. Yeah, because he went on at noon. <laughs> so, then, when he gets the back, back, when he gets back and gets the boat back into the warehouse, he calls Lacey on his way home from the um, marina, which is at about 2.15. Okay. Um... <clears throat> And he tells, oh, that was scary. Do you hear the children, too? They're outside. Oh, Oh, God. (laughs) I feel like I have to leave that in. Ooh, can we take a break? We're going to come back. Sorry about that, guys. (laughs) Kids were walking past and it scared the crap out of us. Because oh we awful. were like, whoa, and we're at Allie's house today. And yeah, which is already haunted. I was going to say, which is. I was going to say, fever. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotta go send video speaking. Right. You were the one I was Snapchatting when it happened, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing's off the table here. Um. So at 2.15, he calls Lacey on his way home um, from. The marina, which remember is ninety miles away, so it's gonna take him an hour to get home. Mm-hmm. And that's if there's no traffic, right? Um, he calls Lacey a second time to tell her that he can't pick. Like she was, he was supposed to pick something up or something another, and so he called her a second time to let her know, like he couldn't pick it up, and so. They would either need to pick it up on their way to her parents on Christmas Day or some something to that matter. Um, I don't remember what it was, and um, I've been working on this case for so long that I just stopped trying to figure out what it was. Sure, <laughs> like, I did not get paid enough to do this. No, I get paid nothing. <laughs> we do this for sheer entertainment. Honestly, yeah. Um, so Scott then arrives home and sees that um, Lacey's car is still in the driveway, and that the their dog is in the backyard with her leash on. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so he lets her in the house, strips off his dirty clothes, throws them into the washer, and starts it. I don't know of a single man that puts dirty clothes in the washer and then starts it right I away. I can't even get my husband to put his dirty clothes into the laundry basket. So yeah. you're telling me that you came home and put them in the washer and then proceeded to start the washer? Because also, in order to start a washer, for those who don't know, you have to put not dish soap, laundry soap into the washer. Right. And you're not just going to wash a single pair of clothes. Well, no, it wasn't just his clothes. Like, they had, they would. They would do what I would do? Yeah. Okay, well, like, we all know that I wouldn't start it right away. It would be, like, to the point where I'm like, fuck, I can't fit any more clothes in here. Right. Ugh. So, yeah. Mm. So, Sus. Scott notices that Lacey is, um, keys and purse are also still at home obviously her keys were still there because her car was still there right but i think he assumed um from what i researched he thought she was with her mom doing whatever last minute things for christmas day preparing Mm -hmm. for christmas day so then he calls his mother-in-law and father-in-law and asks them like what you know, whatever about Lacey. And they're like, well, Lacey's not here. So Scott's like, what the hell? And so then um, Lacey's stepdad, um, Ron, calls the police. Because at this point now, it's... Where is she? Where is she? It's also, she's she's eight months pregnant. Right. And it's uh, 6 p.m. in the evening. Right. So, so two officers... Go to the Peterson home, talk to Scott, and um, bring him down to take his statement. Mm -hmm. So his statement is everything that I just told you. He went, he left the house, 9.30, to go fishing, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Um, So the police went to the warehouse to ensure that Scott's alibi checked out, which would make sense. And it did. They did bring him in for questioning. The investigators stated that... um, I, so, before I state this part, I want to say you can't judge somebody's reaction on how they, something that's happening to them. You can't judge that because in every situation, you're going to be different. Because I can tell you that, like, so, like, like I said in the last episode, I had a family death, right? Mm-hmm. And I found out, and the day that I found out that it happened, like, inconsolable. Yeah. My husband, there was nothing that he could do to calm me down. Mm-hmm. But then after that, I had gotten my crying out, done. And, you know, obviously I still cry about it because it was very unexpected. Right. And whatever. But. You're not crying about it all the time. Right. Yeah. So, and like even when we said our last goodbyes, I was like, she wouldn't want that. Mm-hmm. So, you can't judge somebody's reaction everybody grieves differently that's my point is everybody grieves differently and everybody's how they take news how they take anything Mm -hmm. is going to be perceived different for them so for the officers to be like well his demeanor was off first of all what is off right 
They mm. said that he was too at ease and cool about the entire situation. Okay, but in that situation, I feel like you have to be calm, especially as the husband, because her parents You're are freaking out. That also, like, in any case, the husband and or the wife always did it. Right. They're always the number one looked at person. Right. So if you're in hysterics, I feel like I feel like no matter what in thoughts. that situation, you're you're gonna be looked at as oh well they were being super dramatic or they weren't dramatic enough and right. this is happening in his case. Not I'm not defending him right, right, right. in any whatever. Because I don't care about him, so no. I'm not gonna help his case. But I'm just saying in general, like you can't base somebody's reaction on anything. Right. Uh, so they, within a few hours, they were able to put a search party so that by the next day they could go out and look for Lacey. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me? <laughs> so the search party included, and was not limited to, and this is a lot, they had helicopters, they had police on horseback, they had police on bicycles, they had the canine units, they had water rescue they pulled out everything they had to find her. And there was everything they had to yeah. find her because she's eight months, she's eight months pregnant. pregnant. And, I mean, she's been gone. For a while. For, a, well, who knows how long she had been gone. Right. Yeah. Um, it was over fishing at 9.30am right it was over 30 officers friends families and volunteers all looked for Lacey people from the the community came out Mm -hmm. to help um with this so this brings us to the Amber Fry timeline so we're gonna go back a little bit because Scott and Amber meet and start dating in November so a month before okay Lacey goes missing goes uh the missing so she's scott's mistress as they label her um they met between a mutual friend which seems to be the thing for scott (laughs) he's like i love that lady's friends as friends right so scott's friend scott and amber's friend told scott to reach out to amber um, as she was looking for a very serious relationship. Now, mind you, um, Scott's friend did not know that he was married. Oh, okay. Never mind. I take my face back. <laughs> and, um... I was like, ew. So, in November of 2002, the two started talking, had their first date, spent the night together, and were dating from there. And Amber had a daughter and all this other stuff. Like, she was a mom. Um, so yeah, so the mutual friend then found out Scott was married about a month into them dating. Okay. And so this brings you, this brings them, brings us into December. So Lacey's missing now. Uh-huh. Or no, not yet. This is before. Early December. Okay. Yep. This is December 6th. And so this friend urges him to tell Amber, like, mm-hmm. hey, I think you should Probably mentioned to your girlfriend that you're married. You got a whole you life have a at whole home. life at home. And then um, December eighth, so two days later, a, a detective reaches out to her. Mm-hmm. And um, a few days later, Scott finally does tell Amber that he's married, but he says 
this will be his first Christmas without his wife. Mind you, this is only a few days later, so this brings you to, like, December 9th. And she's still very much at home. And pregnant. And alive. <laughs> so, then this brings us to a few days later, um, like, December 14th. Amber and Scott attend a Christmas party together. And mind you, Lacey went to her, like, work, or they, not work, went to a Christmas party. So, like, one of the most notorious pictures of Lacey Peterson is a picture of her visibly pregnant mm -hmm. in, like, this maroon reddish dress at a Christmas party by herself. That's so sad. Why? Because her husband was at a Christmas party with his mistress. Like I said, a clearance dollars are a trash bag. So, um, yeah. And then the day after that, which is December 15th, they were together at Amber's friend's house for another Christmas party, and they took pictures, but this is, like, the last time they would see each other in person. Mm -hmm. Um, and they hadn't been, so December 15th of 2002 was the last time they saw each other in person, was after that party, and the next time that Amber would see Scott is at his trial in 2004. Oh, so like a hot minute. There's a big gap. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <clears throat> so then, this brings us to Lacey's disappearance, December 25th. Well, she disappears on the 24th, but this brings us to the 25th, and Amber is talking to the detective again. Um, she was supposed to go on vacation um, with a friend, but then she ends up not going on vacation i don't know why it's not really stated or anything like that but her and their mutual friend ended up digging and doing some research on scott and found out that um his wife was lacy <laughs> who is um missing and that's and is christmas without her and um is very much um eight months pregnant with his child so then this detective calls amber and you know, it's like, you know, your boyfriend is married, and she's like, oh, well, yeah, I know that now. And um, they're like, but he's a person of interest in the disappearance of his... And, like, that doesn't look super great for her. No, it doesn't. But she was very much, um, she was very helpful. Well, yeah, like, no, like, she, I know, like, yeah. She, um... She, I guess she didn't, I have, well, how do you word it? She didn't stand in the way of their investigation yeah, in, well, in she, any shape or form. Yeah, well, she helped a lot to, like, um, do her best to help catch him. And, like, yeah, so stuff. she ends up basically agreeing to record all of her phone calls and any interactions she has with Scott from mm -hmm. this point forward. forward. So, she, and so they ask her to come in for an interview to Modesto and now, mind you, she doesn't live in Modesto. She lives, like, a few hours away. So she ends up coming to um, Modesto that same day, um, which is December 30th, and um, doing an interview and, um, you know, that was my knee that just cracked. Mm -hmm. um, so she records their phone calls from January until like February, mid-February. Um, so then this will bring us to December 31st. So now Lacey has been missing for six, 
today. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is New Year's Eve, or five days. No, it would be six. It's 31 days in December. Yeah. Um, they have a candle. A candlelight vigil is held for Lazy um, and Baby baby Connor well I shouldn't say Peter then um <laughs> wow um and during this vigil Scott calls Amber like gag uh why and now mind you prior to this he told Amber that he was gonna be gone to like Paris so she asked him like oh how is Paris and she's like oh he's like oh it's a great time like I'm standing by the Eiffel Tower. Like, if you guys really want to, you can go and listen to, like, some of the recorded Yeah, it's on the things. documentary. Yeah, it is on the documentary. So, if you just wanted to listen to it's just disgusting. Anyways. So, yeah. He's at his wife's, his missing wife's candle lit, light, not lit, candle light vigil. And he is talking to his mistress. Like, Saying he's I, in Paris. And, yeah, like... So, just, Scott Peterson is just literally a trash person, okay? Mm -hmm. Like, I cannot emphasize that enough. Um, And at one point during this case, uh, there was a reward offered. Uh, So, it started at $25,000, which that's a lot of money for 2002. Like, I feel like that's a lot of money. Like, nowadays, that wouldn't be a lot of money. Um, Not that that's... Right, right, right. I mean, we're in 2020 one but i feel like twenty five thousand dollars today it's still a lot but it's not like a lot a lot like people Um, are often like a couple mil right it was later increased to two hundred and fifty thousand. that sounds more like and then it was increased again to 500 for the return of lazy um so over four or over 1500 volunteers signed up to distribute the flyers like the missing flyers, the reward flyers, um, hoping that someone would have seen Lacey. Right. Um, and, yeah, they, obviously, nobody saw Lacey. So there is, excuse me, there are reports of other women um, of similar build stature to to Lacey that went missing around the same time in the same kind of manner. Yeah. Um, so I have a little, like, thing of that and, like, just some of the things that were in common were, like, their height and basically, like I said, their build or whatever. Um... It says that thousands of Californians vanish each year. Um, like, obviously, not everybody is going to be in the news. Right. Um, do a whole podcast on just unsolved right. L.A. murders. But, so, this is from 97, so 1997 to, like, 2002, there is... Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty women 
that went missing in the same manner that she did. Okay, so now that that's said, I would like to bring up what I was saying. Because, so what's so strange about this is it would make sense that whoever did all those killings... Killed Lacey. Killed Lacey because why was her dog on its leash? Right. Why would someone put a dog on a leash? Because my thing is, is, here's... My main thing is, if Scott did it, he would have to put their dog on the leash. Let it outside. Let it outside. Kill Lacey. Because he wouldn't do it in front of the dog. Right. I don't think he would. I, I mean, the dog, I'm sure, would have retaliated. But here's where I'm like, well, maybe it was him. Because why the fuck were her keys there? Who's walking their dog, leaving their house unlocked? Yeah, and the neighborhood that they lived in was not... It wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. Like, if I'm going to go walk all of I'm not leaving my house open. No. It's like, that's weird. That's suspicious. So that was, that's my thing. That's where I'm conflicted in this case of, like, did he do it or not? Because why would he go through all that trouble putting a dog on the leash? But then why did she take her fucking keys and she walked the dog? Right. Because it is. Like, you're a smart girl. Don't be dumb. There was, um, it is noted that during this time there had been break-ins also. And. So they put the dog on a leash? No. There was break-ins and Lacey had been walking the dog. And had saw these men that had broke into this house. And so they're thinking that these men had took Lacey. But they find these men later on. Interview them. Because they're, they're back in prison. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, but we did see her. But we didn't kill her. Hmm. And it, it there's no evidence that they killed her. Okay. Interesting. So, um. Anywho. Yeah. Um, so Yeah. And some of these women were pregnant. And so it is brought up during the case. The case. The trial. Yeah, that. During the trial that um, it could be like a serial killer or a ring of like people that want <clears throat> babies. Yeah. But we know that they clearly didn't want the baby because the baby was found with well, you know, yes. So we're at the discovery of the the bodies. Um, the first body to be found was the baby's, and um, the baby's name is Connor. Um, and he was um found April thirteenth, two thousand and three. So now December. We found Lacey, right? No. December to April is how many months? Four. Yes. So, for four months. She was missing. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple was walking their dog when they discovered a decomposing but very well-preserved late-term fetus um, male. He was found in a very marshy area of the San, Fran- San Francisco Bay Shore in Richmond's Point Isabel Regional Shoreline Park. Don't ask me why the name of that park is so long. <laughs> um, that's in North Berkeley. Okay. Um, so the umbilical cord had been torn. It was not cut or clamped like you would see. Like if anybody has had a baby and has seen that, they you cut the umbilical cord, but they clamp it and cut it and whatever. Um and there was nylon tape found around the baby's neck. And there was a significant cut 
along the bo the baby's like body. So we'll get we'll dabble more into the autopsy later. Um, and then this brings us to the next day where they discover Lacey's body. Oh, they found her next day. Okay. Yeah. So, um, man, a person had been walking, um, had found a recently pregnant woman washed up on the shoreline about one mile from where the baby was found. So same area, just a mile down. Mm -hmm. um, when they discovered her, she had on beige pants and a maternity bra. The corpse was so badly decomposed to the point that it was almost unrecognizable as human. Um, the woman's limbs had been decapitated, so limbs were missing, um, including most of her legs. I would hate to be the person that finds her. Her legs, arms, and head. Um, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. April 18th of 2003 so a few days after Lacey's body was found um, DNA, DNA results did verify that the bodies were of Lacey and her unborn son who was to be named Connor so I think we'll end part one here yeah stay weird guys <laughs>